world's biggest Johnny Depp fan. Hey, what's up? May we help you? I just wanted to talk to Nana. I'm afraid that's impossible. She's my Nana now. Grandma's hands clapped in church on Sunday morning. Grandma's hands played a tambourine so well. Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning. She'd say, Billy, don't you run so fast. Might fall on a piece of glass. Might be snakes there in that grass. Grandma's hands. Ladies, gentlemen, Zach the Pornographer, welcome to episode number 18 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. This is, of course, the show where each episode I take a friend into the mid-1990s, way back there, and we watch, we rewatch, we reminisce, and we review everyone's favorite Friday Night Spellfest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, you can tell it's the 18th episode because if that intro sounds at all good, it was because of a lot of editing, folks. Um, good to be back. Haven't done an episode of this in a couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, I, I really missed being negative and hating things, because God knows, in my personal life, I'm Joe positive and Joe not hating things. Smooth as ice. Speaking of ice, snowstorm coming, or is already here by the time you hear this, so, um, stay inside, or go outside, because I actually really like snow. Somebody who hates snow, actually, is uh, my guest on this episode of The Wish Trials, noted media maven over at chrisconquers.com, and person who I can grab at any moment's notice to do a podcast, Chris Anuja is here. Chris! Yeah. What is going on? I don't hate snow. I don't know where you got... That was a weird segue you just decided to make up. You tend to hide from snow a lot. I mean, it's pretty to look at, but I like... I like the feeling of being inside when it's snowing. Yeah, you like, like to look I at snow. I love when it's snowing and you're like all cozy, drinking, you know, I would say hot cocoa, but really I'm more of a coffee person. You like to look coffee, at snow through a TV book. screen. No. Don't I lie. don't like snow on TV. I like snow outside. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> no, no, I meant you like to watch like news reports about the no, snow. I like looking out my window and seeing it. Whatever. You don't go outside <laughs> is my fucking point here. I, however, love to go outside in the snow. I love to walk in it. I love to fall in it. I love to have old ladies laugh at me while I fall in it. Uh, I love to shovel it. Um, I'd rather not fall in it. Like last night I was getting super excited to get to shovel 12 inches of snow. 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 inches of snow. My God, and uh, of course, Snow is one of my favorite Canadian rappers of all time. Of course. Second, The Weekend. Third, Drake. Justin Bieber. Is that a rapper? I love that Drake is after Snow. He definitely is. Uh, I, I was listening to I was listening to step fake, it up, Drake. I was listening to Fake Love the other day, and it's like, God, this song goes nowhere and is a really boring melody. Fucking informer? I, yeah, but that's, I, that's it. That's it. I want that's, that played at my inf- funeral, Chris. Okay. <laughs> and that's why he died. That's right. Snitched on the wrong bitch. Going to jail. I think it gets, I think it gets sodomized in that song. I think that's in there somewhere. I don't know if he says the word sodomy, but with his like faux Jamaican accent, <laughs> that'd be great. 
but uh yeah stay in stay indoors if uh, you got a lot of snow while you're listening to this because it's dangerous and you're much better off going on to twitter and trying to see like what the hashtag for this snowstorm is because we had snowpocalypse and snowmageddon yeah it should always be snowmageddon no i, I think I- i've come up with the perfect one church noble no. Like, right like no it's a disaster and uh, no too every- soon <laughs> that was like 1980 too like, soon seven i mean uh everybody loves soviet era disasters mm-hmm. no nope. and puns about them even more so but chris we're here to talk about Sabrina Teenage witch uh-huh. and a very special episode number 18 sweet charity and i know you're a big fan of charities i'm uh, not giving to them but liking what they exist <laughs> okay um but of course, before we get into the review itself, I ask all my guests on every episode of The Witch Trials to describe the episode of Sabrina Teenage Witch we watched in a set number of words, and you're giving me a face like I didn't remind you about this before we started. You didn't, but I remembered. It's just I'm waiting to see how many words it is, because I always get it wrong. I, so <laughs> you definitely I wanna, do. I want to take a, you know, a, a healthy pause. Uh, quite the long pause, probably. Yeah, but that's why it's healthy. This episode, I'm going to ask you to describe Sweet Charity in eight words. Sabrina becomes Libby and hangs with old people. That works? Yeah. Pretty good, honestly. And it didn't, didn't take nearly as long as it usually does with Chris. And I didn't fuck up. You did not. First time was, is the charm on this uh, particular event. But it's very true. Uh, Sabrina does turn into Libby and we get a lot of fun bits here. Episode number and biddies and biddies bits and biddies. There's your show title, Al. Um, please don't use that. Actually, it's pretty <laughs> bad. Uh, episode number eighteen, as I said, Sweet Charity first premiered March seventh, nineteen ninety seven. So n- nearly exactly twenty years ago to when this uh, episode is going I up. I think Libby loves biddies is probably better. Okay. How about we do the show and let's see what comes up naturally and not no, just you trying to become no, a, I'm gonna force a title it. machine. I'm going to force it like the button on my skinny jeans, okay? Put that on a sweatshirt that you wear around the house. I think people would love that. I think it would sell. Probably. Etsy store opening tomorrow. We, although Wibby's Biddies. Now that's what you want on a on a sweatshirt. Anyway, 15 million viewers. This is the 33rd most viewed piece of television in that given week. We open in Sabrina's bedroom where, to the sounds of crooning music, we discover Salem, clad in an adorable shirt and collar set, singing, uh, I believe, witchcraft from, not Dean Martin, but Frank Sinatra, I want to say. Those fingers in my hair, that sly come hither stare. That strips my conscience bare, it's witchcraft. Salem, did I hear you singing? No, I was just... It's okay. I came in because it sounded good. Oh, come on, I know. You think? Sabrina soon arrives, adorned in ripped jeans, and uh, busts in on Salem, wanting to see if it was him singing. But while he initially denies it, he changes his tune. Little play on words there. When he hears that she likes it and actually wanted a front row seat. Evidently, so did the aunties, who quickly rush in, and uh, Sabrina tells him to hit it, compelling him to start singing, and Caroline Ray to start dancing like me, six beers deep. Pretty badly, is Alone. my point. Alone. <laughs> and not to the music at all. Nope. Uh, while Nick Bacay's wonderful voice does really murder this song, really, really good job here, uh, he 
that being Salem, is quickly undone by hairballs, and he coughs and gags his way to the opening credits. Chris. Ow. What about Salem singing? Yeah. It wasn't bad. Nick McKay has a great fucking voice. It's something you see in a lot of like voice actors where they use their instrument. I'm going to use that phrase. Oh, good. So much that like they're all really good at actually singing. Like um, Kevin Conroy, who famously did the voice of Batman on Batman the Animated Series, he's actually a really good singer. And there's an episode of Justice League where they make him, they make Batman sing, and it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you think of Nick McKay? And more importantly, what did you think of Salem's adorable little like collar and tie? I thought it was cute. It was very 90s. I, I loved it. Like It was just the collar and the tie. It was like, it was like a science teacher. <laughs> I love that his hat was like to the side on one ear. Had a little fedora. Yeah. This is how I'm, go- this is how I'm going to dress when I sing crooner songs. Mm-hmm. Collar, tie, no pants. Tilted hat. Tilted hat. Uh, Cat skin. Did you notice uh, Zelda's outfit? It was like a blue jumpsuit. Yeah, I and it wasn't it. a jumpsuit. No, it was a, it was it was a, a matching. Set. Yeah, it was. It was not. It was not good. I like it. I mean, I think of the three of them, I think Sabrina's dressed the worst because I don't. Sabrina's wearing like a black long sleeve t shirt with like white flames. tattoo like yeah. symbols and stuff on it. And and I I, th- I didn't mind the ripped jeans, but that shirt was just it was, it was weird. But it wasn't bad enough where it was like super dated. The thing is, it seems like perfect for that time. But it doesn't seem like what Sabrina would wear. No, it doesn't at all. Not it. No. Yeah. I don't know anyone on that show who'd wear that shirt. Maybe Harvey. No. <laughs> like if he lost even. a little bit of weight. Harvey, that one time where he sung uh, "Whammy Fanny" on the on bed his bed, and yeah. Thought he was rocking out. Uh, also, while I d- I've generally liked uh, Hilda and the characterization of Hilda lately. This goofy dancing is specifically like why I hate her. Like this form of comedy that they always make Caroline Ray do, where it's just like the yeah. most reductive, laziest shit. Well, I think it was probably more uh, direction. Like, hey, we need something else going on in the scene besides Salem singing because the rest of them are basically just sitting there and yeah. them just sitting there watching him is not interesting enough. So when you have the back and forth, you kind of need something else to be going on in the scene besides that so visually it gives you something to look at mm-hmm. and like gawk at like oh look at her freaking dancing it wasn't good at all we get a lot more to at gawk all. at with uh, hilda in a little while chris at westbridge sabrina and uh, holy shit it's jenny haven't seen her in a while uh, they both <laughs> oh my god she has a friend again <laughs> go figure uh, they both bemoan the fact that nobody has signed up for their adopted grandparent program and wonder if it's force fields or fear of legal adoption that's stopping these really insensitive teens. Uh, Jenny then asks Libby if she'd like to sign up, but Libby tells her that she just came over to ask if they wanted to hear about her new uh, community service, that being the Adopt-A-Life program, and offers to sign them two up. They should have gone with it. Although, maybe the best part of that bit is when Sabrina's like, don't answer. It's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) I sense a problem coming. Hey guys, Libby, can I sign you up for the Adopted Grandparent Program? Actually, I came over here to tell you guys about my new community service. It's the Adopt a Life Program. May I sign you up? Don't answer. Trick question. Uh, Libby then bids farewell to Freak and Frizzy Freak, which offends Jenny as they're obviously curls. Look at her hair. Uh, Sabrina tells Jenny to uh, calm down and take the high road, but she then quickly uses magic to change one of Libby's black thigh-high socks 
into a yellow sock. As uh, Libby walks up to Jill and Cece, holy shit, it's Jill and Cece. I don't think we've seen them for a, a little while. She hears not only that the foreign exchange students have overtaken their uh, table and threatens to deport them, she she does. <laughs> R- Reminds of anybody you know. <laughs> uh, she also gets uh, a bit of a note from Cece about asking if she dressed in the dark as she points out her ridiculous socks. As her friends laugh at her, Libby quickly and sternly orders them to trade socks as she needs a trend and she needs it now. (laughs) Back at the sign-up table, Sabrina accosts Harvey and tells him to sign up, but when he notes that he already did, she says to do it again, and loudly. Harvey then proceeds to do a hilarious bit of super loud talking, including highlighting the potential for old people to give teenagers money. Sure, I'd love to adopt a grandparent. Old people are so much fun. They know tons of stuff, and sometimes they give you money. Don't go there. Sabrina then, under her breath, just tells him not to go there. And uh, we soon cut to the end of lunchtime, where Jenny is celebrating that they filled their sign-up sheet, though Sabrina notes that it's all just Harvey and Mighty Mouse. Who? Who writes down Mighty Mouse? Real, really, like, soft-core teens here, because in, in reality, it would have been, like, Harvey... Uh, Dick I'll, Johnson. Ali Tawiner, uh Munch Makuchi. <laughs> all of these. Anyway. Oh, good old Munch. Munchma. She's Indian. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. Uh, I thought Mo was like... Makuchi was the last name. No. Munch Makuchi. No, no, it's, it, it's like Munchma. Munch is his first name. No, it's, it's Munchma of the uh, famous Coochie family. Oh, you know. Anyway... <laughs> We, we then see Libby New and her England friends. Coochies. That's right. Of the Connecticut Coochies. <laughs> we then see Libby and her friends stand up and uh, go to exit the cafeteria, but not before stopping to mock a girl for wearing a matching pair of thigh high socks. Matches. Uh, to which Sabrina sneers at in contempt. Chris. Yeah. What do you think of this lunchroom scene? Let's start with Harvey. I thought it was Harvey was pretty funny. Yeah. Kind of wanted it to go on a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, we're starting to really see some like good comedic bits from Nate Richard. He he had that, and just more acting in general from Harvey. Like yeah. he's never asked to do a lot, but here he was really funny. It was really well delivered, and even in uh, the last episode you were on, which was uh, Hilden's Zelda of a Teenage Years, that really like that, that bit where he's yelling at the, the the store manager. He's really coming into his own as an actual like actor on this on this series. <laughs> It's, that's, that's a yeah, deep, okay. That's the sure. deep analysis you get. Sure, okay? sure, sure. What do you think, Chris? I, I, I still remember the the sock thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also very like, if you think about it, it's kind of like Mean Girls, where very she cuts so. the holes in her shirt and then it just becomes a trend. Mm-hmm. Sabrina has only herself to blame every time. It's like she she tries to mess with her and it never. It goes over the way she wants and, and to. This is like one of the quintessential Libby episodes, I feel. And this like scene just illustrates every reason you have to love hate Libby. Like the the Adopt a, a Life program, fantastic line delivered yeah. really well. Uh flippantly threatening to deport exchange students. <laughs> Amazing. And and maybe most impressive of all, she's really fucking clever. Like she finds out that she has this problem and she's wearing mismatched socks. And then, like, the snap of a finger, she tells him to switch socks and she's fixed her problem. And then she puts someone else down for matching. Yes. Thus cementing the trend. Genius. 
really, why would anyone hate Livy aside from the fact that she bullies I people mean, a lot? She's Machiavellian. That's that's. I'd vote for her. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure a good percentage of America would vote for her. Not fifty-one. Yeah. Not even a popular vote. Technically but... less, but you know. <laughs> also, that old woman in the uh, in the in the old folks' home we're going to meet a while later. She would also have voted for Livy. I don't know. It depends on what Noah Wiley did. It's true. Uh, I think Sabrina was pretty bland, though, in the whole scene. She's not really asked to do a lot. She doesn't have, like, even her lines, for the most part, even throughout most of the episode, it's just little quips. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really, and they're the, the type of quips that she does that I can't stand, where it's always, like, a snarky little add-on mm-hmm. that isn't fully funny. Yeah. And doesn't really do much for her character. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like she really is more reacting than anything else. That, in this. That's the sound effect. Very that good. Sabrina makes. This is not the sound. I don't think Melissa John Hart has <laughs> ever made that sound. If, if her persona were a sound, yeah. that's what it would be. It's like it's, it's like when I complain about like when a um, when a when a good guy on a show becomes a bad guy. Like like my my example of this is always Angel on Buffy. Yeah. When Angel became a bad guy, he just started like sneering at everything. <laughs> I think That's my sound. sound effect is probably really good. That, yours is more like he's going it's to like eat a someone. Snarl. Mine is just general like meaningness, like, rah. like yeah, but it's imagine, a- imagine David. Is it David Borealis? Boreanaz, I think. Bore- anyway, imagine him twiddling his mustache as he Aurora. makes that sound. He's Aurora's <laughs> younger brother. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, my, my last note on the scene was uh, one of my favorite things about the Westbridge set is all like the ridiculous signs that you get to notice in the background. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in this one behind uh, Jenny uh, yeah. and and Sabrina, there was an, just a bunch of inoffensive signs. Signs. One said win with wellness. Yeah. Which I read incorrectly. The first time I looked at it, I thought it was win with weirdness, which suited them a lot better. Jenny put that one up herself. Uh, And there's also another one which I loved, which just says that it's just, it says dangerous to your health. And underneath it are a couple of lit cigarettes and like a a bottle of gin. Specifically gin. But like clearly not an actual bottle of gin, like a like a champagne bottle that they wrote gin on. But teens don't drink because gin is the shortest of all the liquors I guess. in terms of writing. <laughs> tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to drink that tea. <laughs> like you can't it's it's the easiest that you can write on a bottle when you don't have much space. I guess. But, but they're, they're, no kids are not buying are, gin. No, they're drinking vodka. Yeah. They're drinking vodka or they're drinking whiskey like, tequila. if they think they're cool. Or beer, more rum. likely than anything else. Rum and Coke. You could put rum on there. Rum. You could put rum. But I feel like that's a little too piratey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. They may think, they think they're not supposed to become pirates, and yeah. I want to send a clear message. Anyway. At the Spellman Estate, Salem asks what Hilda's cooking and soon finds out that it's hair soup and that it tastes really wavy. Zelda enters and apologizes as she took longer than expected at the bookstore, though... Rest assured, she still managed to get Hilda's cat fancy in Salem's New Republic. Hilda asks why Zelda keeps smiling, but Zelda denies it, eventually leading Hilda to magically twist her arm. Zelda then magically pulls Hilda's ear in retaliation, leading to some stupid, stupid funny visuals, and eventually a truce. Uh, Zelda tells Hilda that she met a man at the bookstore, and when Hilda asks what his pickup line was, uh, Zelda hilariously says that he didn't have one, but does note that 
he mistook me for an employee and asked if we carried any books on meeting interesting women. Wow. Smooth move, sir. Rick, Rick I think is Rick is what we'll find out his name is. Rick is probably a beast on Tinder. This line uh, also inspires Salem to groan at her stupidity, and <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, Zelda adds that he did take her digits, but it wasn't a pickup. Digits is my note because I'm trying to take us back into 1997. Okay. The soup cauldron soon poofs with doneness. Hilda offers her sister a bowl of the soup, but Zelda is not interested as she just had her hair cut. Though, Salem does take a smidge. The phone soon rings, and as Hilda complains about there being a hair in her hair soup, Zelda answers and discovers that it's Rick, the man from the bookstore, on the phone. Sabrina soon enters and asks what Zelda's smiling about, to which Hilda teasingly notes, A boy? My mind might have been a little bit longer. It was a little too questioning. (laughs) Is it? I I didn't want to just go, A boy? That's more like it's a boy. No, I think yeah. I, I think mine was the second one was probably the closest. We'll find out. Ready? No. Here it goes. Told you. Anyway, Zelda, irritated by this, then tells Rick she's going to grab the cordless and turns zapping a corded phone so the cord comes off as she exits. Hilda then offers Sabrina some of her soup, but she tells her that she's actually headed out to the senior center before remembering to bring them something, as the old fogies love gifts and uh, zapping in some chewy caramels so as to not bust their dentures. At the senior home, Jenny, Harvey, and Sabrina arrive, as Harvey notes that he likes this more than visiting his real grandparents already, as he doesn't have to remove his bitchin' earrings. Which, is this the first time they've made an appearance? Who? His earrings. Because I've never noticed them before, So I and I noticed them in this episode, and I feel like they purposely drew attention to it, because... It's like whenever an actor cuts their hair, they have to, you know, include it somehow. Make a point out of it. Yeah. Yep. So it's, I feel like they drew attention to it to be like, oh, he has earrings. I think he had earrings in the last episode. Um, maybe the one before that. I, I'm pretty sure he had one, He had them in, in First Kiss. But uh, it, it certainly is a new thing because I don't think he yeah. had them in the last episode you were them. on. Anyway, So edgy, Harvey. This scene. What it, I, I think I think it has a couple of my favorite visuals from this episode, specifically Caroline Ray and Beth Broderick both trying to sell magic being applied to them, but doing a, like a really poor job. Like Carol, like oh my god, my arm is so twisted. Beth Broderick just like, like looks like she's trying to scratch her back. Yeah. I'm doing it for Chris right now, and Caroline Ray is just like leaning her head down. Oh, ow! It's pretty fun, but not because it's supposed to be. I mean, they love their puns. So mm-hmm. any magical puns. They got to jump on. Uh, I thought, speaking of magic, in terms of like uses of magic, this is like one of the ones I always remember, like the turning a corded phone into a cordless. I think, <laughs> I think the visual is just so perfectly done. Yeah. That it, like, you buy that as magic because it just falls perfectly and she just walks away and she keeps having your conversation because there's definitely somebody on that real phone. Definitely. Uh, I think it's really, really good. And, like, this is one of the, my favorite uses of magic we've seen so far. What did you think? Not of that, but of the scene. I thought it was good. Uh, I mean, it's. I feel bad for Hilda because yeah. honestly, the whole episode they just they can't throw her a bone. It's like she's got nothing to go off of. It's like okay, hair soup because it's a concept. Reality. Some, someone threw it out there. Like we did Mando. What about hair soup? 
because you know it could, it's one of those things that magically makes your hair grow who wouldn't love that okay perfect but then they just played it up so much where it was like oh there's a hair in my hair soup yep come on in reality Give it was probably something like decent the the makeup girl was like i found this bag of old beard wigs can we work this into an episode and and yes they thought- I mean I think for kids which is pretty much who was watching this there yeah. is you know a sense of hilarity and haha that woman has a beard it is and it, it is fun and at least they do keep the facial hair keeps changing through yeah. the episode yeah uh but um but it is kind of like she beating, doesn't have the most like story beating focused. a dead horse cause... I think it is nice that they gave Zelda something to do that isn't re- related to Sabrina or related to being a witch I think it's nice to just like see her leaving, leaving, leading, having a life, leading her life in Westbridge and like you know yeah. being a real person. I think yeah, it, but it's Hilda's nice. not. She's never a real person. She'll get there eventually. She, I mean, Martin ha- Mall is coming in the next season. She had what? Uh, oh, I really want to win first chair. That was pretty much all she's gotten. She had a bunch of like Drell stuff, but which Dre- is magic related. And Drell's gone now. Yeah. Um. Anything else to add here, Chris? No, just more Sabrina being negligible. All right. Just like, wah. Well, get ready, because if you thought negligible was Sabrina before, she's going to change herself real quick. Mm-hmm. We then see the teens enter the senior center, and uh, Sabrina ponders how to choose their grandparent, but Jenny and Harvey each quickly spot their choice, leading Sabrina to pick an old lady on the couch and ask her to take her hand in grandparentdom. The woman accepts and asks Sabrina her name for bragging purposes soon revealing that Sabrina can call her Nana. After the traditional family awkward silence, Nana offers to show Sabrina her scrapbook, and Sabrina is shocked that it's full of 90s heartthrobs, your Elijah Woods, your Noah Wileys, and sexiest of all, your Christian Slaters. I fucking hate him, but he's really good in Mr. Robot, so I'll forgive him. He is not handsome, though. Also, in 1997, he was probably like 28, 30-something, yeah, maybe? The girl still loved him. What? He's weird. All of which Nana apparently knows. All of these uh, teens, or tw- 30-somethings, as I think Christian Slater probably was. Uh, Howard, the school newspaper photographer, soon arrives, as the paper is doing an article on community service titled Westbridge Cares, but he soon looks around and notes how untrue a statement that really is. Sabrina is elated by this, as this will provide good promotion for the program. But Harvey only wishes that somebody cool had shown up. Or, um, that's my, my Quimby. Or, uh, or, uh, someone that people follow, you know, like Libby. Jenny then says Libby would never show up here. And Harvey suggests faking it like Russia, who are yeah. apparently on their third Boris Yeltsin. Libby would never show her face here. Maybe we could fake it. My dad says that Russia's on their third Boris Yeltsin. While uh, Jenny laughs off the suggestion, Sabrina gets an idea, and uh, after a quick gotta go, rushes to the senior center halls, where she heads into a phone booth, which apparently still exists, and uh, transforms into Libby, mismatched socks and all. Sabrina, Libby, Sabrina, Slibby, Slibby, soon arrives, and (laughs) after giving us an ew into the mirror, uh, she tells a shocked Harvey and Jenny that she knows she's completely shallow and self-absorbed, but every once in a while, she thinks of others. Howard is all set to take the photo and um, tells them to get together, compelling Swibby to stand between Harvey and Jenny, hugging them both real close to their shock. 
After the photo, Swibby tells Howard to put it on the front page of the newspaper, which he somehow has the power to do, noting that old people are the coolest and that he can quote her. That is a quotable statement. (laughs) You're on the record with this. Howard then quickly celebrates this scoop. This is a scoop for (laughs) Howard, folks. Uh, Swibby then makes her exit. And after Harvey notes how Sabrina is going to think they pulled a Yeltsin, Sabrina re-enters, hearing about Libby's arrival. And uh, she notes that that should get some kids involved. Chris. So many things to say. How much does pulling a Yeltsin... Many things to say. How much does pulling Yeltsin sound like Harvey's phrase for masturbation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. yeah. Gotta, gotta close the door and pull a Yeltsin, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no. Uh, That's right. Gross. Chris, what do you think of this scene? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, well, first of all, definitely don't believe that Nana knows anybody she does seem kind of senile. She does not know nobody. Like okay. she, she's definitely clipping me thinks these. Nana from... is suffering from a touch of dementia. Yeah. Because, yeah. Come on, let's go meet my friend Noah Wiley. We'll take my flying car. Come on. <laughs> also, I think it's kind of weird that she's just like, "Oh, call me Nana." No, lady. Yeah. You are not my grandmother. It is weird. Yeah, I mean, like, how hard is it to be like, "My name is Ruth." I uh, here's the thing. Well, I, I think it's weird that the character She's says like, it. oh, will you be my g- grandma? Yeah. Which I th- also thought, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, go away. I'm looking who at my insane think, scrapbook. Who do you think you is? No. I have grandkids, or I don't. Maybe I don't want them. About, but... the, about the Nana thing? Yeah. I think it's weird to have her say it, but in terms of the episode, it makes the episode more fun that everyone yeah, calls her Nana. Yeah, because it's Nana. Yeah. It, I get it. I get it. Okay. It just, you know... Uh, by the way, Nana. Not me. Nana is played by Karen Morrow, who uh, probably most famous for playing Tabitha on the ABC series Tabitha, a spinoff of Bewitched. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, and I think she's pretty like perfect for the role because she seems really genuine. Semi senile. Semi senile. <laughs> kind of nuts. Super eager. But more like friendly. Yeah. But uh, later on, when she's asked to do more, I think she's also perfect there. So uh, really good casting there. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. But I got some issues with Nana we'll besides. You know, presumptuousness of calling me Nana. Most important but. part of the scene, Chris, aside from Harvey's yeah. uh, pulling a Yelton. All the, the incredible Swibby gold. Oh, there's so much, so much. So, why the fuck do you have to go into a phone booth? All Superman. great, all great transformations take place in a phone booth. Yeah. So, you have to. Otherwise, you know, someone might see you. Except that there's a glass door that they totally can totally open. see you through. But you know, it's. Uh, totally totally does something I, I would love it if like there was some weird magical explanation for like it, it has to trap the magic in to help no, you transform it's but so no. stupid but honestly generally green is fucking great here because similar to when we talked about how convincing the actresses playing teenage hilda and zelda were like i don't think you ever really believe that it's not sabrina playing libby i think you're always buying into the fact that this is not actually libby this is Swibby, as I will refer to her till the end of time. Um, aside from that, she delivers a bunch of hilarious lines really, really well. All right, I'm here. Libby. What are you doing at the senior center? 
I thought I'd stop by and improve your image. You're gonna help us? Look, I know I'm completely shallow and self-absorbed, but every now and then I think of others. She's not picking her nose yet. She will eventually, which will be even better. But generally, Green murders everything what she's asked to do here. Murders all the old people. It's like, oh my god, it's like assisted suicide 101. <laughs> I don't think uh, she was as good as the girls who played Hilda and Zelda. I think that might be because you have more of a connection to her as as opposed to the girls who played Hilda yeah, and Zelda. Yeah, probably. But I don't know. It just, it obviously wasn't Libby. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think, I think, I made that connection more as a child watching it, where I was like, "Oh, that's Sabrina as Libby. Yeah. Oh my God, things are gonna happen." I'm still a child. At that's heart, how I Chris. talk as a child. She, yeah, like a funky, funky man. <laughs> I don't know that Ow! Works. Things are gonna happen. I like my milk. Ow! Right. I actually didn't ever <laughs> didn't. like milk, except when I was a baby. So that's why you're. That's why brittle when, bones. That's why when you walk, it sounds like a maraca cracking all the time. All right. Um, anyway, Howard. The fuck is with Howard? I really fucking hate Howard. Can I tell you why? The the photographer. Yeah. Why? Because he he shows up and he's like passive about everything and like oh teenager old people. Teenager. I, I get that, but like after he takes a photo, he turns into Screech. Old people are the coolest. You can quote me on that. I will. Thanks, Libby. What a scoop. <laughs> he sounds and looks like Screech. Uh, maybe he... <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to laugh. Maybe he's been pulling a Yeltsin to Libby for a while. Maybe, and, you know, he's a little shy. So. Him. She looked really good in that yellow sock. That super short miniskirt with those thigh highs. And, and did you notice, like, that? Uh, I guess it was a jacket, but it was like a black and white, like, pattern. Yeah, deal. yeah. It was weird. It was. Like, not bad, but just, like, doesn't look like what Libby would wear. Meh. Meh. Okay. I, what, I didn't care enough. What else do you have here, Chris? Uh, <laughs> so, I was kind of annoyed. Uh, with Harvey and Jenny because Jenny and Sabrina co-created this yes. this whole program. She, Jenny's executive producer of this program. And yet, because at first I thought, oh, maybe it, Jenny, you know, created it and Sabrina's just, you know, helping out for moral support or whatever. Right. But no, they co-created it. And then the photographer goes to take their picture and they're not even like, Oh, let's wait, wait, wait. let's wait for Sabrina. Yeah. She just, you know, ran to the bathroom or whatever. No, sure, no problem, done. Like, what kind of friends are you? Seriously, yeah. assholes. It, 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 it was pretty obvious that, like, well, maybe they're just getting her back for all the shit she does to them. It's like, fucking, I'm, Harvey's like, I'm dating her, but fuck, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for all those Yeltsins I pull, I mean. <laughs> uh, I just, it pissed me off. And, and then also, you know, when they do that whole, like, snapshot image yeah. like this is what the photo looks yeah. like jenny is gawking at libby yeah, like what the fuck she's so shocked that she's hugging yeah. her put it right on the front page put, put that, that picture on. right on don't the front take page. a second one also i looked at the photo on the front page and it did not match oh did you notice i think the, i think the newspaper is called the westbridge weekly is it a weekly it is. There's always jokes about it being oh, a weekly. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wish they had like a clever name. I mean, uh, come on. And then the whole old people are the coolest. Uh, I mean, it was a nice touch. Like, you can quote me on that. It's a lie. Because, it, no, but it's, I mean, old people are pretty cool. No. Old people have the greatest potential to make me cry. That's <laughs> okay? what makes people cool to Chris. No, that's what you should quote. It's <laughs> not as good of a quote, okay? That's, that's what that's what makes people cool to Chris. That's why the coolest thing, in her opinion, is like a three-legged dog. 
Oh, I love them. There you go. If you make it blind in one eye. <laughs> if, I'm not going to blind a three-legged dog. No, but if the dog is also blind in one eye, I love it even more. All right, um, let's, let's get away from this as quickly as possible. <laughs> I, but I, I also thought it was funny that he's like, oh, this is a scoop. Like, yeah. old people are the coolest is the biggest scoop to hit the pages of Westbridge's paper in, like, years. Also, it's a scoop? Such a scoop. You're fucking, you're insane. Oh go die in a oh hole, Howard. There's a real title. Go die in a hole, Howard. All right. The next day at school, Jenny runs up to Sabrina with the newspaper displaying the senior center photo. And as she wonders if Libby has seen it, we hear Libby freaking out as she tries explaining to Cece and Jill that obviously someone put her face on a poor imitation's body. When Jill reads the quote saying old people are the coolest, Libby takes a chance to correct the record, noting that cheerleaders are the coolest. No, but getting warmer, I guess. Yeah, probably. Um, old people. They're not that cool, Chris. Forever. They're, 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 they know things. They're sometimes, sometimes they give you candy. <laughs> sometimes they give you money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she then accosts Harvey and asks him whether or not he saw her at the senior center. But when he says that she should accept that she did a nice thing, she complains about being framed and uh, seethes over being framed before walking off. She not only complains, she seeds, Chris. Harvey then wonders what's wrong with her as, uh, you know, she was cool last day. That's how people talk about yesterday. <laughs> last day. The last day before today. Uh, Sabrina goes on to explain that Libby obviously has multiple personalities and they finally met the nice one. And I love how Harvey just, like, anything <laughs> Sabrina says, he's just like, oh, okay. In the back of his head, he's thinking about masturbation. That's why. Yeah. In biology... Mr. Poole makes an incredible sight joke that I'm going to put in right here. Now, today we're going to be studying sight, and there's more to this subject than meets the eye. Mr. Poole! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's more than meets the eye, Chris. No. Love it. No. Before being interrupted by Libby, who wants to address the newspaper's front page. It's a shame she didn't have a podium and, like, six photographers, all who were Howard, taking her photo. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Poole stops her, noting that he saw it himself, and he was so proud that all three of the students were in his class. After calling them the Hope of America, and one of them wants to deport foreigners, by the way, yep. uh, and leading the class in a round of um, applause. She's going to make America great again, okay? That's, at least we're not making fake news references, because <laughs> if there's one thing that annoys me maybe more than the, the statement of fake news itself is when everyone's like, Hey, hey, that's fake news, right? Get All it? we need ha, is ha, Libby ha, to ha. say that's fake news. I wasn't there. It really fuck, it fits perfectly too. <laughs> I told you. Didn't even fucking think about it too. Genius. <laughs> fuck. Alright, anyway. Uh Sabrina notes after the round of applause that they'll be back at Senior Center today if people want to join them. But Libby snottily asks us as she didn't see Sabrina at the senior center. And of course her friends take the opportunity not to say she was there. Back at home, Zelda walks in on a much furrier Hilda practicing her violin and notes how the hair soup worked out. Hilda says uh, two bowls might have been a lot, but she wanted to grow some mutton chops. And Zelda says she looks like Greg Almond of the Almond Brothers, I believe. Didn't bother to look it up, but I guess that's who it is. 
Hilda asks about how her date went with Rick, and Zelda says that uh, she's starting to feel a little weird about the age difference, as Rick keeps bringing up things that make her feel old. Like, you know, the turn of the century. Hilda says, it's always so boring, making a party like it's 1699 joke, and adding that this time she's taking the owl route and staying at home. Zelda thinks that she's going to break it off with Rick, but Hilda says she hasn't even given him a shot yet, leading Zelda to complain that after a few minutes of being bearded, she's taking his side. Soon, a fluffy Salem, I assume the same one from last week's episode, shows up and uh, calls himself a hippie cat. It was so cute. I I, I do like long-haired cats. Oh, he's so cute. Chris, these scenes, going back to Westbridge, what did you think... Of Libby's outfit. Because I thought she was wearing the quintessential Libby outfit. That was the powder blue one? It was the powder blue yeah. jacket and then the short black skirt and the powder, high socks. One powder blue sock, one black sock. Yeah. I, I, I also seemed weird because, like, much respect for coming up with the idea in the clutch when you needed it. But... It's now a trend. She can't just pretend like it wasn't a trend. I've already bullied someone. No, I have because to go she's going to... If she does something one day and then the next day goes back to normal she can't do that because it's not a trend she started a trend and now it's a trend if one day it's a trend and then the next day it's no longer a trend Mm -hmm. then she looks like she just like fucked up the day before right but if it's now a thing it's a thing okay speaking of outfits here uh sabrina's orange like suede it's probably velvet orange velvet blouse with like black skirt I didn't hate it, but it wasn't, very jack-o'-lantern. It wasn't awful. I think the orange, because it was a more uh, autumnal orange rather than like a, you know, pumpkin orange, yep. it it was okay. It was more like typical Sabrina where she wears a lot of like fall colors. Mm-hmm. She's in autumn. Uh, and of course, in the scene, in these scenes, worst outfit of them all, Zelda's ghastly brown coat with cheetah cuffs and collar is back. Yeah. yeah. I, I hated it. But did, I, I really fucking hate it. I still fucking hate it. Yeah, She's a really good looking woman and you're putting her in this ridiculous like oversized sack of a coat. But that top she had too though. Which was also had a fur collar. Yeah. yeah. You almost don't realize it and then you're like, whoa. I don't know if okay. this many fur collared bits and, and pieces of clothing existed in the 90s yeah. at, at a whole. Yeah, go look at Nia's wardrobe. <laughs> it's a reference <laughs> three people get. Um... The other thing is, uh, I guess, the most noteworthy here is uh, the facial hair jokes. Did you like them? No. Why didn't you like the facial because hair jokes? Because it was the same problem I had before, where it's just, you know, the same joke over and over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. hair soup. No. I think it was it get- an interesting concept, but when you just keep milking it the whole episode, mm-hmm. the only people who are going to like it are kids, and a lot of those jokes aren't ones that kids would get. Right. So... At the senior center, Chris. But the cat. I love the cat. You did what you did well oh, so for Salem. Hippie kitty. At least this one, there's a reason for him to be long-haired. Last episode, he just was. Like, they used a long-haired black cat because they needed one. Well, they needed a cat to like, do a jump. And I guess the only one they could find was a long-haired black cat. So he's just super long-haired in one shot. Anyway, at the <laughs> senior center, Nana offers Sabrina some Pete Sampras fudge before she opts to take a DiCaprio turtle instead. Turtles are way better. Fudge is good. She then spots Jill and Cece getting ready to leave, and upon asking them where they're going, finds out that they only showed up because they figured Libby would be here. 
Fearing they'll leave, Sabrina says that she thinks she sees Libby now before rushing outside to the phone booth once more and becoming Swibby. Uh, Swibby then runs in and tells Jill and Cece that Sabrina said that they were thinking about leaving. Not in like a judgy way, but just like a, oh, so I heard you guys were thinking about leaving. I suggest you do the opposite. Yeah. Also change socks again. <laughs> I can make you do that. Yep. Uh, they, they also were wearing mismatched socks mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but of course, uh, the fear that Swibby imparts in them cha- causes them to change their mind. And uh, one of them, I believe it was Cece, adds that old people are the coolest. A lie. <laughs> Swibby then spots Jenny and gives her a doofy wave before glaring at her friends until they do the same. Swibby sits down with Nana, telling her Sabrina had to run out and uh, gets offered a turtle. Elsewhere, an old silver fox is letting that dunce Harvey win at chess. Mr. Barry, are you sure you want to do that? Well, I admit leaving my king unprotected is a somewhat risky strategy, but uh, I think I know what I'm doing. Well, you beat me ten times in a row. I'm not going to argue with you. Hey, checkmate. How about that? And he's happy about it. He's very happy about it. Celebratory ginger ale. He's a dumb man. After his miraculous win, Harvey calls Swibby to offer her a soda. But when she turns around, Swibby is mining for some nose gold, but tells Harvey that she'd love a ginger ale. Probably to wash off the boogers from her finger. <laughs> after from so, her finger. Pour a little bit on, rinse it off, <laughs> give it a taste, tastes real good. Anyway, at the soda machine, the real Wibby walks up to Harvey buying soda, and uh, he just assumes that she was really thirsty for her ginger ale and gives it to her. Wibby is disgusted by this as uh, she only drinks diet, noting that's. Ginger ale is a freak drink. Freak drank. 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 Chris and her fucking <laughs> childhood voice coming back. Drank. Oh no, that was on purpose. I'm trying to be hip with the kids. Harvey. <laughs> you must have been super thirsty if you couldn't wait for me to bring it back. Here you go. What's this? It's your soda. Ginger ale? What kind of freak drink is that? I only drink diet. <laughs> but you asked for this. No, I didn't. Now move. I'll get my own soda. Back inside, Harvey offers his uh, grandpa the spare ginger ale, and when Swibby comes over to inquire about her drink, Harvey says that she didn't want it, noting that she called it a freak drink. Swibby is confused as she notes that she would never say that before realizing that, yes, she would. Great little line there. Um, And uh, Swibby soon runs out to the hall where she sees Wibby just, like, thumping a fucking soda machine. If you, if you watch uh, Jenna Lee Green, like the one kicking the soda machine, she's beating the shit out of it. Like she sidekicks it. She like hits a, a really hard fucking punch. I'm surprised she didn't hurt her hand. She was really fucking thirsty, okay? She wants her fucking diet soda. Anyway, she, uh, Swibby that is. Kicks an old man out she, of the phone she booth. She certainly does. Telling him that if she has a problem with, if he has a problem with this, her name is Wibby. It's a good thing the the man didn't turn to his left, or he would have had yeah. a fucking heart attack because there's two Wibbies. But that's besides the point. Anyway, she evicts the old man, turns back into Sabrina, and uh, eventually walks up to say hi to Wibby, who notes that the machine only gave her ginger ale. So Sabrina just claims it for herself and walks back inside. I'll Thanks, take bitch. That. Struts away, real, real, real <laughs> proud and cockily. <laughs> cockily. Chris. These scenes, Ow. aside from the cocky walk, 
cock of the walk. Uh, what did you think of all the swimmy part? Do I thought it was okay. Okay, uh, you're wrong. It's fantastic. It's particularly, I think, the scene where uh, Genoey Green is is uh, Sabrina Wibby Swibby figuring out that there's another Wibby in the building. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was that good. I'm gonna put it in I... right now. Harvey, where's my soda? You said you didn't want it. When? You called it a freak drink. I would not. Yes, I would. <laughs> Gotta go. I think it was pretty cliche. Like, it was, you know, the typical TV. Oh, we just realized that the thing I've been doing is about to backfire. I oh, love- I'm about to be caught. I loved it. No. I thought it was great. It's it's very, like... Also, Sabrina's a bitch because she's making Wibby look real bad for almost no reason. What do you mean? She put her fucking finger up her nose to make Harvey like oh, her Sabrina's less. a bitch. Yeah, she's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Because she's trying to get at Libby. While also using Libby's like, likeness to promote her fucking she's, program. Yeah, she's trying to use Libby's powers for good, but she's also trying to wreck any, like... But yeah, that, that is counterproductive. Like, let me make her less cool, but use her coolness No, but not only that, but you're, you're using her, but also making her look bad. Yeah, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, you're just a jackass. Maybe she was really. She, I told you, Sabrina's a I jerk. I know, but like God this is demonstrably asshole. She, but that's that's what she does all the time. Al. you haven't realized it. Anyway, I certainly hope that the reason she was doing this was just because like she was afraid that Harvey might be pulling Yeltsin to li- to Libby. Yeah, it's like I'll fix him real exactly. quick. Exactly. That's the sound of a and going up and she's nose. also trying to make Jenny feel a little bit better about herself. So, I suppose she's like, "Hey, let me wave a freak girl." Um, by the way, uh, Mr. Barry is Harvey's grandpa. He's played by Alan Young, famous for playing the role of Wilbur in, on uh, Mr. Ed. He was the guy who huh. owned the talking horse. I also really kind of love him. I think he like he seems like the nicest, most charming guy in the world and friendly. And uh, he loves apples, which I also do. <laughs> uh, okay. I love that line about the- <laughs> It is fucking great. It's fucking fantastic. And also, Harvey's a fucking dolt. But we'll get there. But, you know, they've never contradicted that. That is true. He's always been adult. Um, He he didn't intend to get any of those earrings. He just walked into a store and ended up with them. He's just a sweet, lovable idiot. Uh, Yeah, like I said before, the whole phone booth thing. Real dumb. Like, there's a bathroom. Go to the fucking bathroom. Just walk down the hall and make a left. I mean, but no, you have to do it right there because phone booths apparently... It's the only place the transformation magical, can happen. They have magical powers. Except we know from experience that that's not true. Actually, you haven't in bathrooms. She's done it in bathrooms before. Has she done it? In yeah. When did she do it in a bathroom? I feel like she has. She does it in the hall in like a few scenes. She just jumps into the air and changes into Sabrina. True. So we'll get there. Yeah. Wibby, actual Wibby, enters the uh, old folks' home. And seeing Jill and Cece asks if they're going to say hi. But when they note they already did, uh, she asks what they're doing with that old granny. Sabrina then comes over and illustrates that that's the whole fucking point of the program. Nana soon calls Wibby over and uh, Wibby decides to pick her as her granny. uh, As uh, Jenny then comes over and tells Sabrina that this is all going so super, super well. And it's all thanks to Wibby. Adding that deep down, she's a good person. Sabrina disputes this, 
But Jenny just wishes that she had seen how Libby waved at her, to which Sabrina says she did, repeating the doofy wave. We then cut to Libby and Nana arguing over who the biggest Johnny Depp fan is. I know one girl who it isn't, his ex-wife, because he, yeah. he's real bad. He's a real bad man. Um, allegedly. And uh, this is when we see Sabrina walk over to them, and uh, Libby gets straight up, asks if she can help, which is like the quintessential like Libby fuck off line. Can I help you? She, she did it in the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. I'm, nice callback for the writing here. Um, and when uh, Sabrina says that she came over to talk to Nana, Libby says that that's quite impossible as she's my Nana now. And then the thunder of God struck the earth. Rather, we go to a commercial break. After the break, uh, Sabrina asks a bearded Hilda if she can talk to her about Libby. And Hilda notes that she always has time for some girl talk, which makes two of us. Sabrina explains how <laughs> how uh, Libby has become the queen of the senior center and wonders why she always has to win. But Hilda says that it sounds like when Libby wins, everyone wins. An accurate statement indeed. Sabrina notes how Libby took her Nana, and when Hilda tells her to pick another one, she says that all the good ones are already taken. It's all comatose people now. <laughs> I ain't gonna read to some bed bug. Hilda then gives her two great pieces of advice. First, that people get old every day, which is true and saggy. And uh, second, virtue is its own reward. Sabrina takes this to heart before giving Hilda some of her own advice to get tattoos as she'll work forever. We later see Libby and Nana laughing together and Sabrina trying to make conversation with a heavily sleeping old lady before noticing a copy of James Michener's Hawaii asking what this about, what this about, before <laughs> starting to read it. Chris, uh, yes. tell me about this scene. These scenes, rather. Let's go back to She's My Nana now. Yeah. So I think it's totally deserved <laughs> because Sabrina, it's all her fault, first of all. Yep. You impersonated Libby and then went to hang out with Nana. Mm-hmm. That's on you. That's on you. Okay. Um, re- really, Libby, actual Libby, is just reacting to everything that's happening to her. Nana calls her over. Yeah. They become friends. Uh. And then she, I mean, I guess she's kind of mean well, because she's trying to keep Nana for herself. Well, yeah, but that's... But Sabrina the, basically does the same thing at the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, that's that's not true. But Isn't we'll, it? No, we'll get to okay. that. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I get what, you, you're, what you're saying, but, you know. Libby... Yeah, it's, it's not Libby's fault. I mean, Libby has a whole, you know, exclusivity about her always. Sure. She's always about excluding people. Hey, foreigners, get out of my table. I'm going to build a wall around this table. That's right, Uh, Hey, you know, freaks can't sit here. Hey. Get out of my my bathroom. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. You can't join the science club because, you know, we're too cool for you now. You're not a true geek. I'm sorry. That's, That's her shtick. Like, how would you expect anything different from her? That's right. If you if you adopt a dog and he shits in your bed, whose fault is it? It's your fault. Because you should have left the dog at the pound. <laughs> yep, right. yep. Chris, uh, in these scenes, Jenny is wearing an abominable sweater. 
that's like tan with diagonal checks that are tan, but inside the checks, it's colored with red and like brown. She looks like a fucking cherry pie. She's my cherry like pie. Like a lot. Like a fucking cherry pie. The IMDb image for this episode is her in that sweater. Oh, I have to look at it then. It's really fucking I bad. I didn't even really notice because Jenny is so negligible in this episode. It was just like, eh. Like, I love that she immediately went to the woman with the frizziest hair. Yeah. The, the one who, her soulmate, sure. <laughs> exactly. Je- Jenny in 30 years. my future self. Um, by comparison, I thought uh, Sabrina was actually wearing a really nice kind of like gray sheer blouse with uh, like white swirls on it when she was reading the Hawaii book, discovering all the facts about poi. Yeah. I mean, it's important. Okay. I agree. And um, the, the one last thing I want to touch on here is I think it's really kind of nice to see Hilda being like the supportive parent because that's not usually the role she's in, but I think she's actually really good at it. Not only the character of Hilda, but also Caroline Ray. Of being that like helpful, supportive, consoling parent when she gets the chance, and uh, I mean, it illustrates that Hilda can be more than just bottom of the barrel jokes, which I wish the shows would, the, the episodes would take more of yeah, that, use of. That sweater looks like fucking. Pie. I told you, it's a fucking cherry <laughs> it's pie a sweater. Pie. Oh Christ! Once you see it, you can't unsee no, it. No, you can't. Uh, that lattice work is impressive. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> handmade crust, if you know what I mean. Oh God, um, the, the thing, the thing that bothers me—I mean, it's not something that bothers me about the scene, but it's just you know, fucking Sabrina. She's such a fucking whiner. She is. Like, oh no, Libby nabbed my nana. Like, calm your titties, really. That, that might actually be the title of this episode. Seriously, <laughs> Libby nabbed my nana. I love it. Like. Uh, w- what do you want? Like, you wanted the program to work. Yep. You wanted it so much that you impersonated Libby. It's working. It's like, a problem you, of your own making. You can't win them all. Like, you're you're literally just being selfish. Yep. Like, you can help someone else. Do good. Like, it doesn't have to be, oh, I want to hang out with that one. All the good ones cool. are taken also. It's like, oh, so so people you don't like don't deserve love? I mean, it's... it's or charity? Up. And it's... <sighs> It frustrates the shit out of me because it's like, why am I, why did I look up to this bitch? Right. Like, she's such a whiny bitch. It's your mistake. And she's like, selfish and, you know, greedy all the time. I mean, she's a teenager. In the yeah. 90s. And I get it. You you know, it's true though. You do, you build a rapport with someone and then, especially when it's someone you already fucking hate, you're like, she's taking my friend. I don't like that. Like, that's my friend. That's not your friend. Yeah, that's a natural instinct. Yep. But at the same time, it's like... Grow up. Yeah, grow the fuck up, Serena. Elsewhere in the uh, senior center, Harvey is marveling at how much fun his grandpa's youth sounds and idiotically asking why they call it the Depression. This inspires an incredible response by Mr. Barry. <laughs> You make it sound like so much fun, Mr. Barry. Why did they call it the Depression? Not everybody liked apples as much as I did. I also like apples, sir. I really do. We then see Libby and Nana, and uh, Nana telling Libby who, uh, how much she loves Ethan Hawke and how nice he is. When Libby asks if he visits, Nana responds with, only when uh, she calls him, leading Libby to ask what she's waiting for. 
Sabrina is soon enthralled in the Hawaii book and uh, learning about where Poi comes from before leaving the fascinating book and heading to the halls where she finds Libby buying herself and Nana sodas. She tells Libby that she's going home and uh, Sabrina explains that she's been there for two hours and the only time Mrs. Hardle woke up was to badmouth foreigners and say how they're ruining the country. I mean, she should be hanging out with Libby. <laughs> it's match made in white heaven, although Miss Hardle was black. True. Well, I've been here two hours and Mrs. Hardle woke up just long enough to tell me why foreigners are ruining this country. And then she went back to sleep. Uh, Libby feigns pity and notes how well things are going with her and Nana before thanking Sabrina as she believes that the experience will end up being very rewarding. She leaves as to not keep Nana waiting. But as she does walk away, Sabrina zaps her unmatched socks into a matching pair, giving us a ha, because she showed that bitch. Back at home, Hilda signs for some flowers and gets called a sir just because of her ever-growing facial hair. What a shame. There for Zelda, from Rick, and uh, she soon realizes that he won't give up so easily. With Hilda saying that she can do whatever she wants, but she thinks Zelda still likes Rick. She adds that she shouldn't let age get in the way, noting that she, Hilda, is 612. After some uh, consideration, Zelda decides that she's going to give Rick another shot, as she hopes he'll mature. They then hug, and inadvertently, uh, Hilda's beard gets caught in Zelda's sweater. Back at school, Mr. Poole is explaining how the ear works, but I don't think we get a funny... Uh, line from Mr. Poole. It's not like more than meets the ear. I think the whole, there's no specific pun, but I think the whole thing is a joke because they're whispering and he can Indeed hear they them. are. Uh, kids in his class are gossiping quite conspicuously, I thought, about uh, Libby. And Mr. Poole eventually gets annoyed, asking to be told what's going on, and is shocked to hear that Libby is gonna meet Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk. Uh, asking how she knows him... His she... panties immediately drop. That's right. They moisten like a towelette. Good job. good job, Val. Thank you. She explains that he's a friend of a friend, adding that when you do a good deed, you get a little back, making Sabrina literally laugh out loud. Although she does sell it as uh, laughing at the word cochlea. It's an amusing word. Funny, funny, little, funny little word. Chris. Yes. All of this stuff. Why is it called the Depression? <laughs> There's not a fucking teenager in the state of Massachusetts or anywhere in the greater United States that doesn't know why it's called the Depression. No, he learned but, it four times by high school. No, but what he's saying is, oh, it sounded it sounded like a great time. Like, why was it called the Depression? He should know why. <laughs> Rampant poverty. I know. That's but, why. You know, he's not the most studious. Clearly. Uh we get to see Paul Feig. Uh, we saw him before, but we get to see him again here. I think he's really fun in the scene just because he's great at being irritated, but he's even better when he's like super jazzed about he's Ethan like Hawke. He's like all up in that gossip. She's going to meet who? going to meet Say Ethan Hawke? Then three tiny bones in the middle ear carry the movement to the cochlea, which is filled with fluid and cells with tiny hairs that move. And do you think I can't hear you whispering? Come on, I've got three tiny bones in my ear. Now, somebody want to tell me what this is all about? What, Libby's going to meet Ethan Hawke? How do you know him? He's a friend of a friend. I love this. Yeah. Um, 
Sabrina is such a bitch. She's always a bitch. <laughs> that laugh was like, it was great. damn. Uh, she's also sporting a beautiful champagne blouse. Yes. I literally wrote champagne velour zip top. It's great. We know our colors. Though. Fuck, do I know it? Are you kidding? 18 <laughs> episodes of this. How could I not? Um, the one other note I had here is that Ethan Hawke. The series couldn't have chosen a better, more indicative, like, famous in the 90s person if they yep. tried. Yep. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Also, as a side note, uh, as a kid, I thought Ethan Hawke was a fake actor much like i thought that uh, <laughs> that, well, that violent femmes were a fake band you weren't watching er so. no well and it was i, I didn't see training day or, or yeah. any other movie ethan hawk has been in although training day is the only one i'm pretty sure he was in uh Wait, is that ethan hawk i'm pretty sure it's ethan hawk in training day hold on looking this up okay you look it up maybe i'm thinking the wrong person you look it up and i'll move on to um after, i think i'm thinking the wrong person after the laughter after the laughter, uh, Sabrina is accosted by Libby outside of class, wanting to know why she laughed at her. I think I'm thinking Noah Wiley. You might be. Sabrina eventually explains that she didn't think Libby was that gullible, and after being asked for an explanation, a quiet one, Sabrina tells her that Nana is, quote, whacked, as uh, she doesn't know any of those celebrities. Nana's whacked. Look, she doesn't know Pete, she doesn't know Keanu, she doesn't know Noah, and she doesn't know Brad. Yes, she does. I've seen the scrapbook. So have I. It's all cutouts from magazines, but have you seen any real proof? She has a Johnny Mnemonic t-shirt. When Sabrina asks if Libby has seen any proof of uh, Nana's relationship with these celebrities, Libby first offers the uh, wonderful evidence of her having a Johnny Mnemonic t-shirt before uh, producing an well-wrapped, pristine DiCaprio turtle from her pocket. I was thinking of Noah Wiley. Shame on you. Carrying it by her heart where she should. Uh, Sabrina just tells her to eat it as the the, the sugar will comfort her in her moment of sadness. And the chocolate. And the chocolate. Duh. And the probably caramel. Libby quickly becomes infuriated, laughing off the notion that she at least made an old lady happy, and instead focusing on how everyone in school already knows this, which is what she wanted when she thought she was going to meet Ethan Hawke, but now she's going to be super embarrassed. Libby says that Nana isn't going to get away with this and decides to head to the senior center after school to, quote, rip Nana a new Afghan. And I think that's the hat trick of wonderful Libby lines in this episode. So stupid. She's not going to get away with this. What is that supposed to mean? After school, I'm going to the senior center and rip Nana a new Afghan. Libby then arrives at the senior center as we cut, and uh, to the sounds of, I thought, a way too hard guitar solo. Like, she comes stomping in, and it's like fucking 87 Van Halen going on. It's ridiculous. But uh, she eventually finds her victim, telling Anna to sit down if that is her real name, and uh, goes on to explain that she's upset because Nana promised she'd meet Ethan Hawke, although uh, Nana quickly just like laughingly says, well, you're not. Kind of a bitch, Nana. Yeah. Odd, oddly mm, bitchy. Oddly. Uh, Libby then calls her a liar, but Nana notes that in her day they were called tall tales. And um, Libby goes into explaining the calamitous consequences of her lie. Noting that... You like the alliteration there? You have no idea the havoc you bring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me Jenna Lee Green isn't great in this episode. <laughs> Noting that she'll be teased every time a new Ethan Hawke movie comes out. Don't worry. <laughs> Meaning that now she has to root against Ethan Hawke, and she really cares. 
Uh, Nana lazily apologizes, as we've seen so often on this show. But Libby says that that's not enough, adding that she's a, quote, lying, sad, pathetic old woman before storming out. Nana tries to stop her, but as Libby disappears, Nana just turns to the camera and gleefully notes that, ooh, she was mad. That's me, not Nana. Chris. Yes. These two great scenes. What did you pick up besides the Johnny Mnemonic t-shirt? Oh, God. Um, yeah, Libby is just... Oh, on fire over the top like, I, um, I mean i think it was i think it was good like i think it was well done but at the same time i think like calm down it is like, it is it calm is a, down. it is a sitcom like you know but you can't not love it like, no it was good oh my god it was it fucking was great everything from like her in the halls finding I'm out just, i'm just waiting for her to be like i will rain down wrath upon you that's right. like, like like one of the speeches uh Martin Sheen would give on like the early seasons of uh, the West Wing, where it's just like, and the fire of God will rain up down upon them, and they will know my. I'm turning into Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction because I was about to say, and they will know my name is the Lord. And it's like that's where that's from, but it's from the Bible. Really, well, if you want to go back to the first <laughs> source, I think more people know it from Samuel L. Jackson in fucking Pulp Fiction than anything else. I don't think so. Really? Yes. Okay, uh, but it was great. I also, we should talk about Karen Morrow here as uh, Nana, because Nana is, we'll find out soon, is not the Nana she thinks she is. Yeah, I think that was, I mean, it was obviously not on purpose, but I feel like it wasn't as believable. Her as Sabrina, like, the Sabrina pretending to be Nana. Her playing someone pretending to be Nana. Pretty good. (laughs) Snana. Snana was not as believable as Slivy. Yeah. Like, Snana was kind of like, obviously wrong right i mean she doesn't really get the chance to do as much either no. but like i thought it, i thought she was good in the role. but i think it's also supposed to be slightly on purpose because they never tell you that it's slana snana slana slana just put all of them together now that's right. That's right. uh they never tell you it's snana so it's kind of like you know a little a little hint Libby, what a pleasant surprise sit down nana if that is your real name What's wrong? You seem upset. I am upset. You said I was going to meet Ethan Hawke. Well, you're not. So you lied to me. Oh, that's a little harsh. In my day, we called them tall tales. You have no idea what you've done, do you? Not really. Uh, also, I think it's hilarious that like Ethan Hawke's career was like the safest bet for Libby. Like, you don't have to worry about teasing until like 2012 when he did uh, The Purge. He did Training Day in 2001. Did he? Was it that way? Yeah. Well, I wasn't just on IMDb. <laughs> I was. Okay, fine. So she, she'll have to worry about it for like maybe two more years and that'll be it. And then training day and then she's done for a decade. All right, Chris, let's wrap up here. Nana then does some celebratory dancing. Oh, good. Chris loves old ladies dancing. Well, jo- that old lady dancing because <laughs> I knew it was Sabrina and that inherently made me hate it. <laughs> and while jumping in the air, transforms into Sabrina just in time to greet the real Nana who returns from the walk Sabrina sent her on. Nana asks if Libby will be stopping by, but Sabrina just tells her no and that she made up with her real grandma. When Nana suggests they go see a movie, Sabrina suggests that they go see the new Ethan Hawke picture. And uh, Nana notes that he called and asked all about Sabrina. Like this is a thought she like planted in her head when she was <laughs> Nana. Sure. Uh, after and of course they soon walk out. Back at home, Sabrina walks in and notes 
Hilda shaved off the beard, to which Hilda explains that uh, the weirdest guys kept hitting on her. Sabrina notes... Uh, sorry. Sabrina soon hears Zelda laughing from the living room, and uh, Hilda tells her that Rick is over. When she goes to Snoop, she discovers Rick is really Mr. Barry, Harvey's grandpa. He explains how they know each other and uses the, the... perfect golden line of you look too young to be her aunt which of course scares sabrina off as it rightfully should pardon me mr barry sabrina you know each other yes from the senior center what a small world sabrina is my niece you look too young to be her aunt oh rick i'll leave you two alone so sabrina then enters her room only to find a frizzy, long-haired Salem who uh, had too much soup. He asks for a groom. Before, uh, I think that's where... Groom me. And then he starts weeping. As the credits roll, Hilda and Zelda are, are talking, and she asks Zelda if she ate some of the tuna noodle casserole that was in the fridge, as someone did, but that she put the last of the hair soup in it, because she hates waste. Zelda says that she should check with Salem... But Sabrina soon emerges from her bedroom, sporting a Van Gogh, and uh, they note that it's not Salem. Sabrina figures out her newfound furriness and runs off screaming to her room as the episode closes. Chris. Yes. Back to the fogies home. Um, this, I, I, this, this is just where I note in whole. This whole charade by Sabrina is really a an experiment in bitchiness because not only... Oh, that, I was trying to remember what it was we were talking about before that we had to come back to. Yeah, yeah. this. She not only um, makes Libby hate Nana. She uses her and then makes her, uh, gets jealous and right. makes her hate. Well, she makes her hate her, but she doesn't. Okay. She, she, go does. ahead. she go makes ahead. her hate her because evidently Nana really does know all these people. No. She, she said, she said uh, Ethan Hawke called. Yeah, but. I don't think he actually called, Al. Listen, let's go by the letter of the episode, okay? I think when I was a child, I was probably like, oh, see, Nana really does. But no, I'm pretty sure this bitch still has dementia. I don't think the storyline is crazy old lady Sabrina gets really jealous of. I feel like this time when I watched it, I understood it completely differently. Like, I understood it as Sabrina totally does understand that this bitch is crazy. And she's just like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, just, you know... Let's not, you know, tear apart her whole sense of reality. <laughs> She'll be dead because... in five years anyway. Whatever. Just leave her happy just, in her delusion. Uh, I think like peach, peach, peak bitchiness by Sabrina here because you're ruining like two lives. Because then, then Nana's like, oh, is Libby coming by? And she's like, no, she, uh, she made up with her own grandma. You're stuck with me. Let's go. See Ethan Hawke. It was, I, I mean, obviously she's selfish. We already knew this. Totally true. But. Good. I don't know. I, I. I think it's bad and then it's not so bad at the same time. Because if you do understand it in the way that I was, that, hey, she doesn't really know this person. She really only told her the truth. I guess. Uh, I mean, she did it for selfish reasons. That is definitely She true. wanted to get her away from her. And Sabrina did take the care in say, thinking, hey, I didn't want, I don't want Nana to get yelled at. So I'm going to, you know, take her place. Have Nana go on a walk and take her place and basically yeah, take the Chris, assault. That's only nice if you realize that, if you don't realize, rather, that Sabrina set up the assault. 
She did, that's, but that's, I don't. That's think... like saying I'm going to take a hit on someone, but I'm going to be killed myself. She. Like, what is that? That's not nice. That's like less nice than having the person killed, but it's not nice because you you set up the person. I understand what you're saying, but she didn't mean to set her up. Sure, yeah. she did. No, she she meant to get Libby away from her, but she didn't mean to have Libby go and attack her oh. because you uh, as soon as Libby uh, as soon as Sabrina realizes that that's about to happen, you see it. She's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, but sorry, because she didn't Things expect have consequences, that to happen. Sabrina, I'm sorry. You spent all your time talking about how Libby's a bitch, but you didn't expect Libby to be a bitch. Yeah, like really. Anyway, the the whole uh, the whole Mr. Barry thing. What did you think? Because I thought it was a nice little twist at the end. I thought it was too. I mean. I don't remember if I, I don't know if I remembered that mm-hmm. that's what it was, but I kind of Had knew it the whole episode because yeah. they played up, you know, the fact that she's six hundred years old and, you know, and I think it's a clever little right, like, yeah. oh yeah, he's he's old, but he's young to her because she's exactly. much older. I like that too. Yeah, I mean, I think if had it been like a twenty year old, would have been a little weird. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, Al would have loved it, but you oh, know, yeah. he would have been like, yes. Zelda. I would have been like, yes, queen, as I often am. Exactly. <laughs> no, he would have wished he was, you know, there. I wish I was Zelda. The guy. <laughs> you would have wished you were the guy, honestly. I probably would have. Chris, yeah. that's the episode. But of course, on the Witch Trials, we end each episode of the Witch Trials by rating the episode of Sabrina Teenage Witch we watch on a special, special scale, the TGIF yeah. scale, this good I feel scale, clever by, by me, the cleverest thing I've ever come up with. Probably not. It's probably like a witty little joke. I think uh, pulling a Yeltsin as masturbation was pretty good. Anyway, TGIF scale, five point scale, one to five. Each one has a corresponding TGIF show. One out of five is a you wish Two out of five is a teen angel. Three out of five, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Four out of five, that's a family matters. Big five-o, that's boy meets world. Chris, where does this episode rank on that scale? Uh, I feel like it's got to be, it's not, this isn't a thing, but like, if if there was a guest spot on uh, family matters from uh, Mr. Cooper, then <laughs> it would fall somewhere in between. I feel like it's a 3.5. So it's a high. Like, okay. I feel like when I was younger, is it, Chris, is it a high hanging with Mr. Cooper or is it a low Family Matters? I feel like it's a high hanging with Mr. Cooper. Okay. Because I feel like when I was a kid, I probably thought this was like, like a high Family Matters, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me anymore because I think I'm just so jaded with regard to sabrina i'm like i loved you get a, get and little, you were just a greedy hoe the whole time get a lot of aerosmith over here yeah jaded uh it's funny you say you thought this was a high family matters because i have it written here a high family matters uh i think this episode, minds. this episode has a lot going well you said hi hang on mr cooper oh you said as a kid you're yeah i'm yeah. you as a kid you're, yeah you're not as jaded uh this episode i think has a lot going for it. a lot of fun uses of magic great performances by a lot of the cast and a satisfying albeit bitchy finale i think i feel like i'm disappointed with what the whole um subplot of hair soup Mm -hmm. i feel like it went on for too long it was too much like that that was all hilda had all episode was hair soup but i think i think the actual b plot of, of zelda works pretty well i thought that worked um and then i mean obviously the core story is the nanny nabbing, nana nabbing, nanny nabbing, nana nabbing, <laughs> nana nabbing, nanny nana. Nana. Um, I sound like Robin Williams now. But yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like I 
have more respect for Livy than I do for Sabrina at this one. Probably. I don't know. It's just, I feel like besides her being bitchy, there isn't much to this episode. But the bitchiness she's is self-serving. Really good. <laughs> she's self-serving. She's uh, basically jealous. She takes advantage of the fact that she has powers to manipulate people. She does. And, and that also makes me think... I mean, technically, it's not for her own gain. Mm-hmm. Technically, ha- it is, because she wants Nana no, herself. No, technically, the reason she... I mean, I guess it sort of is, but technically, the reason that she originally impersonated Libby yeah. was to get people into the program to but, do something charitable. But that's not really where the bitchiness starts. The bitchiness starts where yeah. she tries to pry Libby away from Nana. Yeah, but what I'm saying is... The magical world has specific rules about doing things that are self-serving. Yeah. yeah. So, I feel like they they just kind of forget about that in sure, this episode. No, shockingly, the writing on, on Sabrina Teenage Witch was not picture perfect all the time. But I think there's a gray area. You know, her original... When, when she does actually... The reason she impersonates her is for a non-self-serving reason Mm -hmm. but the things that she does are self-serving when she's Libby like picking her nose and like waving to sure well yeah it's for her I mean it's really just to help her and her friends she is incredibly self-serving in this episode Chris main event here on Sabrina's Witch Trials the back of the winning closet award I'm trying so hard each episode's award for that episode's biggest fashion flop it's the cherry pie sweater undoubtedly for me what is yours See, I feel like it. That's pretty bad, especially. I didn't notice it. I don't know how I didn't notice it, but it was pretty bad. It is what that is. I don't know. It's so hard. I feel like some of Libby's outfits were pretty, like the powder blue. I know it is quintessential Libby. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you think of when you think of Libby. That powder blue. It is. It does seem to be her color. It looks good in it. It wasn't the outfit she wore for the... Um... I think that was purple. There might have been blue bits in it, but I think... I thought it was blue with purple boots? Something was like the that. other way around? She was wearing blue eyeshadow. I thought her outfit was blue. It, it might have been. Um, Pick your clothing, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with the champagne top. It's oh. It's super, super shiny. Like, incredibly shiny. Like, mm-hmm. inappropriate for school shiny. Well said. A wonderful, <laughs> quick choice by Christina Adeju, Chris Adeju on uh, this episode of The Witch Trials. Chris, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. It's always fun to talk a 20-year-old sitcom with you. Um, people can read the things you write and take photos of. You can't read those, but you can look at them. Uh, over at chrisconquers.com, your wonderful blog about fashion and, and makeup and, and books and other things. Uh, also, Chris Conkers on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow her there, you should. You can follow this podcast at Sabrina's Witch Trials on Facebook, facebook.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials, at Sabrina Podcast on Twitter, and instagram.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials on Instagram. You can listen to us where you are, your favorite podcatcher of choice, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, android podcast section you can listen to us in all those places you can subscribe to us in all those places you can favorite us in all those places probably you definitely should if you can uh episode number 19 
will in fact be one that I am not a big fan of, but I assume somebody liked because, I mean, they made it. And I don't know what the IMDb rating is, but it's not a great episode. Even though it has a lot of Nick Bakay, so you'd think I would like it. Bakay? Bakay. Nick Bakay. Uh, a lot of Nick Bakay in it. Uh, it's Cat Showdown, folks. So get ready for... It's an 8.7. Get ready Dang. for... Um, I don't know. I was going to make a pussy Cats. joke, but... <laughs> oh, wait, I've got it. <laughs> I'll cut this out. So get ready for a regular pussy ride, if you know what I mean. I'm winking at the microphone now. <laughs> All right. Until then, could though, you, could you hear it? You could. could you hear it? My eyelashes are so long. So long. The wind moves with them. Until next time, folks. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And remember, we will see you in the other realm. <laughs> Quick, switch socks with each other. What? I need a trend, and I need it now. Oh.